Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. All right, good afternoon. We are here yet again with another Marketing Experiments Web Clinic. Years and years of research. I was just reviewing our catalog. I think uh, the new research catalog uh, that so more or less provides an overview of the experiments is probably going to be somewhere more than 600 pages, and that's just with a one-line description of the research that's gone into the clinics like you're seeing right now. Uh, in this particular clinic, we're addressing online advertising forensic. How and why a text-based PPC ad produced 47% more conversions. And uh, you can comment using hashtag webclinic as we go forward. In the meantime, I'll be joined today by Erin Fagan. She is a research manager in our group. She oversaw the particular case study and experiment that we're going to be talking about. And uh, we'll hear more from Erin later. She'll also help us as we begin live optimization. Partway through this session, we're going to be looking at the submissions from the audience and reviewing them, optimizing them on the fly to give you key transferable principles that will help you go back and get improvements in your own campaigns. And so, as we move forward, I want to draw your attention to a chart. We probably produced, I don't know, 200 different charts for this particular study, analyzing uh, paid search and, uh, in particular, benchmarking performance. You'll notice on this chart that, uh, that marketers identified their most frustrating challenges. And in particular, the top two were increasing leads and increasing ROI. And uh, as you notice that, I'd like to bear down on that particular piece, increasing ROI. We're going to be focusing deeply on that one issue, that one particular challenge with today's session. And uh, as we do so, I think I should raise a simple question. How can we achieve dramatic returns on simple changes? What can we do that uh, doesn't require too much energy, too much effort, but could likely produce for us a significant increase in the results of our paid search campaigns. As we think about that, I want to talk to you about a particular experiment. In fact, I'm going to invite Erin uh, to walk up here for just a moment. She's coming nearby where she's sitting in the studio. And uh, this is Erin Fagan. Erin, you oversaw this project with North American Spine. I see that it's test protocol 4061. Mm -hmm. Tell us what the main objective of the experiment was. Well, really what we wanted to do was tap into what it was that visitors were motivated by, yes. click on the ad, and go through to the landing page. We wanted to figure out what specific benefit approach was going to be most appealing to them. Excellent. Excellent. We may have questions for you as this unfolds. The audience may have questions for you. So I may invite you to come back up and help us as we answer those questions. And either way, we'll talk soon again on the live optimization. Sounds great. All right. So uh, we're, going to, we're going to start to drill down on this. And as we do, let me just point out that this particular research partner was brought to us by a paid search group, ROI Revolution. They are very instrumental in helping us design this experiment, and they were managing the paid search activities for this particular provider. They're very good at what they do, and they've been excellent partners. In fact, we have certified and trained most of their people so that even as they're thinking about paid search, the ads and the associated landing pages 
they can do so around the rigorous methodology that we provide at McLabs. And we may hear more about them as, as this unfolds. But let me just point out the control. There it is. Relief from back pain. Now, if you've never been in a McLabs clinic, it's different. We need lots of input from you. And you'll see the wording in the very strict limitations of uh, Google's procedure. Reclaim your life with a 30-minute groundbreaking back pain procedure. Now, bear in mind, MechLabs does a lot of research on its own in our clinical environment. But it are the field tests. It's the field tests themselves that help us glean deeper and more profound understandings. In fact, this particular study really intrigued us. And I'll tell you more about that in just a bit. But instead, what I'd like to do is invite you in the audience to help us optimize this ad. So you can use Twitter or you can use the Q&A feature inside of this uh, program that you're working with right now to kind of communicate to us what you would do to make this ad better. And I'm just going to step over to the screens and look at some of your feedback. And so as you're watching that, type in the number one change you would make Use this Q&A feature, the number one change you would make to get improved results for this particular paid search ad. Look at the, uh, look at the question. Someone said, tell me about the keywords. That's Nicole. And someone said, use the keyword tool to optimize the words. That was Daniel. Uh, Christian gave us a different headline. Get relief from back pain. Uh, JP said, include a call to action. Uh, someone said, suffering from back pain. Uh, someone else said, capitalize the words. Someone else said, this is Max, why this product? Jeff said, make more credible with specifics. Uh, pose a question. Someone else said, change the phrase reclaim. Sally says, reword the URL to be more meaningful. And uh, I'm looking here carefully. Another, Rashad said, change the URL. Carrie said, add a specific offer. All of those are good pieces of advice. And if you're here and you're running paid search campaigns, you probably have to make decisions like this every day. Now, we only have 60 minutes. And in 60 minutes, we want to do something that will help you achieve a dramatic difference when you go back to work in approximately an hour. Something that would be tangible and actionable. So let's look carefully at the treatments developed for this particular experiment. And then let's think about what we can learn together from the way it all unfolded. So uh, here is the first treatment, same day back pain relief. And you'll notice the wording, try a curoscope back pain treatment, innovative, comma, single 30-minute procedure. That's an interesting ad. It's an ad that is worth testing. But we didn't stop there. We prepared another treatment, and let's look at this one. Avoid open back surgery. Try acuroscope back pain treatment, one micro incision for pain relief. So here is the control. Then you see two treatments and you see the landing page. Audience, which one of these do you think will produce the highest yield? Is it the control, treatment one or treatment two? Let me let you vote. Use the Q&A feature or use Twitter and talk to us. Which one do you think is the best performing paid search ad? And when I say best performing, I'm talking about the one that will produce the most revenue the most ultimate conversions. So let's see how you're voting. Uh, Nicole says number one. Ryan Fox says number one. Dave says number one. Bob says number two. Charles says number one. Vanessa says number one. That looks like Ken says number two. Laura says number two. Then I see Michael for one and Tommy for one and Ted for one and uh, Neal for one and uh, Sarah for one. So uh, as you're 
as your comments are coming in, know that we're not just looking so that we can talk to you now, but we're looking at your comments so we can measure the efficacy of this clinic. We try to optimize it with every single pass. I believe in self-optimizing systems. Optimization shouldn't be an event. It should be a process. And so we look at the three ads, even as you did, and then we look at your feedback and we have a large focus group. And this focus group is consisted or consists of expert marketers and you're giving us your thoughts. And we're going to go back and analyze those thoughts even after this event is over. But for now, let's look at results. So here is how the three pieces performed. The first had a control. This is the control. The conversion rate was 1.8%. Uh, treatment one performed 1.6%. Treatment two, 2.6%. What's the relative difference? Well, the winner was treatment two. If you chose treatment two over here, congratulations, you got it right. And uh, Google, the uh, grand casino uh, on the Internet, uh, was able to uh, help us help this merchant in the sense that they provided the forum, but it took the merchant to outsmart the competitors in the space to achieve a 46.6% increase. And so look at this. With a simple but nuanced set of adjustments, treatment two performed the key risk, which raises question, what is the question. What is the adjustment? What did we learn from this? And this is where it gets fascinating to me. Because, yes, we're going to take some principles. Yes, we're going to teach you. In fact, we're going to teach you three adjustments that you may be able to make. Three ways to think about the ad you're developing now. But as you think about that, let's look at what we can learn in terms of discoveries from this experiment. What you're going to see is a list prepared by our own team as they thought about the action, as they thought about the results. It's not enough in testing to discover which treatment or which single, you know, A, B, or C, which of these uh, pieces of collateral one. It's much more important to ask, why did that particular expression win? And then connect that to a what question. What does that tell me about my customer or my prospective customer? So you have to think more deeply. Marketers are so busy asking how, they don't take enough time to ask why. And it's asking why that leads to the breakthroughs. Marketers have enough information. They need more wisdom, customer wisdom. Look at this first discovery, and it's not so much a discovery as, a, as it is a curiosity, something that provoked us to think. We notice that prospects can be more motivated by the negative than the positive. Look at the difference. Relief from back pain, that's a positive. Avoid open back surgery, that's a negative. We notice something else. A few words can dramatically influence a prospect's perception. These ads had minor changes. If you think about them, the difference is important, but it's just a change of a few words, and yet the result was, I think, dramatic. Here's another curiosity. A paid search ad, though limited in length, can actually say too much. You say, what, what do you mean, say too much? Well, more, that's going to unfold more as this whole clinic un, you know, continues, so stand by. Here's number four. The best paid PC ad, or the best paid search ad doesn't always get the most clicks. Now, to understand that, we'd almost have to go backwards. And if you go backwards, let's just walk back and rewind. There's a relative difference in what we see as a conversion rate, but there's a greater difference when we think about the difference uh, between the associated clicks and the absolute conversion. You'll see more of this as this uh, clinic unfolds. So, we're going to discuss three 
Paid search ad calibrations you can make to help you extract more ROI from your campaigns. The key here is to translate those discoveries into something actionable. It's not enough for us to share with you the latest findings. The real key is how can I take those findings and apply them now in my own context. And to do that, we've tried to simplify the research and offer you these three points. And so let's look at the first one. A paid search ad is a promise in exchange for a click. Now, that's a single sentence. And we're going to use this sentence as more or less an organizing thought. You need to think of your paid search ad as a promise. If you don't think of it that way, you can't really see the adjustments that you need to make. Look at the, look at the, 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 the ads as they unfold and you'll see that in a sense, we're asking you to click in exchange for something. It's not so much because our company is better. It's not so much that we're trying to sell in the ad, but we're really selling a click. And in exchange, we're giving you something. We're promising you something. As you think about paid search in that way, it helps to start to unpack these three calibrations. And here's the first. Think about calibrating the core of the promise in your ad. And so uh, let's, uh, let's unpack that. By testing variations on the core of the promise, we were able to discover that customers were more likely to desire avoiding back pain surgery than getting back pain relief. One is essentially a positive promise and one is essentially a negative promise. And by moving from a positive to a negative promise, we are attempting to change the core of the promise itself. Now, that's only one way to change the core. What are some of the other ways that you can make a difference? What are some of the other ways that you can change the core of the promise? Let's look. Changing the promise in terms of its key benefit. So not this. Here is an ad that offers a, a description of what you receive. But more like this. Here is an ad that emphasizes a key benefit. And that benefit is ease of use. Available with tap. Now, that's an example of promising a key benefit. Let's look at another way that you can calibrate the core of your promise. And, uh, and uh, that way is by promising an intangible. An intangible might be the security. It might be the quality. It might be the reliability. You might achieve that in a number of different ways. I'll show you an ad that doesn't do it very well. And we'll show you an ad that, that does it better. Look at this lifetime warranty lightweight, long-term durability, and trusted brand. Now, those are, those are intangibles, but they're important intangibles. Sometimes you can achieve the same with specifics. Instead of lifetime warranty or after that, you might say, you know, 76 years in business or, you know, the kinds of specific facts that lead the person to make a conclusion. Nobody cares that you have 7,000 customers worldwide unless that's translated into the fact that, you know what, this must be a reliable company. A lot of people use their service. That's the kind of intangible that you can sometimes promise with your paid search ad and get a result. But that may be helpful or it may be hurtful, and that's why we have to test. In particular, it may be hurtful because you're promising an intangible before that matters. I'm going to show you what I mean as you look at the next key. And that is consider a new way to calibrate promising an interim decision aid. Now, that's some way that you can help the prospect 
make the right decision. People don't decide which insurance provider they're going to select on the basis of a paid search ad. There simply isn't enough content for that to happen. So what can we use to help them decide your ad should be clicked on rather than another? In a sense, your ad has its own value proposition. Just like your product has a value proposition and your company has a value proposition. The paid search ad has a derivative value proposition and it's about why I would click on this ad. In fact, the precise question you should ask about every single paid search ad is this. If I am the ideal customer, why should I click on this ad instead of all those others? Now, all those others, that's an important concept because as their promises change, so then must your ad. Because unless you remain the best answer to that question, you won't maintain your place in the search engines. That's why they're so difficult. Thinking about that helps us go back and say, okay, I'm making a promise, and that promise is very important, but why would someone choose this particular promise and at this particular time? I'll explain just a little bit more. So here's an example of an ad that's talking about intangible 6,459 plus clients. That is talking about security, stability, reliability. The, the, it, it's promising something. It's implying an intangible. But look at this ad. Same company. And this time it's talking about an award-winning solution and a free trial. Now, what that ad is doing is enabling you to make the decision easier by giving you a chance to take an interim step in the process. Let's, let's see how that works by going back to something I've talked to you before. First of all, you'll notice our version of the funnel is inverted. People aren't falling into your funnel. People are falling out. Gravity isn't working for you. Gravity is working against you. You can't even start to think properly about marketing unless you invert the funnel. We've run 10,000 page tests, path tests. We've tested across more than a billion emails. We've recorded 5 million phone calls. We have the largest library of case studies and experiments. And after all of that research, over all of these years, we start to understand that much of what we learn about marketing doesn't really apply in the real world context that we have been eking out this research within. Part of our problem is that it's just not understanding the funnel. We, we think that um, the traditional funnel is a good model for what's happening. Actually, it, it, it deceives us. It confuses us. It obscures the reality. Way less people get through the funnel than enter it. They're being dragged out, and it is the force of the value proposition which counters that and drives them up the funnel. In fact, and again, this is a key point, even when they get to the ultimate yes, that's your purchase, it's not because they came into your funnel and decided to buy. It's because they decided to say yes to a whole series of other micro-steps, micro-decisions to click on an ad to read the headline on the landing page, to engage with the first paragraph, to transfer their, their attention further down the page and glean more data about how to respond, to, to enter their email address, etc., etc., culminating perhaps in the click of a button. But in this whole process, they've had to say yes, 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 yes. And it takes an unbroken sequence of yeses to achieve an ultimate yes but it only takes one note to stop, to arrest the entire process. Now, that's important because sometimes, in fact, one of the most important ways we mess up our paid search ad is we ask for too much too soon. Now, I've often used, when I'm teaching a, like a, a six or seven hour course on, on value proposition, 
will often use the example of what happens when you leave work and you go to the bar and a young man sees a beautiful girl and he decides he, he, he wants to see if he can explore a relationship. Uh, you know, he can't just walk up to her, grab her by the shoulders and kiss her on the lips. That's likely going to get him slapped across the face and probably thrown out of the bar. Before she's ready for that particular call to action, she has to say yes to several other things. In fact, he has to have a headline. We call it a pickup line. He has to engage her into conversation. She has to respond to the, to the, to the headline. And if she does respond, she'll do just what your customer will do or your prospective customer. She'll open up. And then she'll consider what you have to say. Now, probably every woman on this call has heard a lousy pickup line. And every marketer on this call has read a lousy headline. But in the end, the headline is designed to open up a conversation. And I have found in my 25 years of marriage that it took a lot of micro yeses to get her ready for the ultimate question and to achieve an ultimate yes. That's not just an attractive analogy. That's a... That's the way marketing works. It's more, it's more what reality is. And sometimes this approach, this walking up to a girl and kissing her while it seems ridiculous to us on the call, we do it all day long in our marketing materials. It's called keeping the call to action above the fold. Keeping the call to action above the fold may satisfy some truism that you heard from long ago, but often it means asking them before they're ready. And if they are not ready, then guess what? They can terminate your existence with a click of a remote right there in that little green arrow. Ladies on the phone, don't you wish you had a remote, a mouse, and every time a guy pestered you with a bad pickup line, you could just click the button and he would disappear. You unfortunately don't have that power in the bar, but you certainly have that power on the Internet. And that makes the job of marketers even more difficult. I point all of that out to point out that when you're designing a paid search ad, sometimes you need to recognize that if they're not ready to buy, they're trying to make a decision. So promise them something that will help them get closer to the ultimate decision. An example uh, might be seen here. In fact, if I, if I back up, let me think. Hmm. I'm thinking about the easiest way to explain that to you. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just mention this. It might be that you promise a free trial. It might be that you promise uh, uh, a download. It might be that you promise a comparison chart. But all of those are ways to get closer to the decision process. Which finally leads us, and we're still on point one, calibrating the core of your promise. But we're almost done. And it leads to what I think is the essential question. And that is this. All right, I'm in the paid search engine. All these ads are promises. Some don't even know they're a promise. So they're a poor promise. But they must be suggesting something in exchange for a click, even if they don't know what they're suggesting or how they do it. But some of these ads are well designed and some of them have really important offers. So how does how do I let's suppose that I'm the prospective customer. How do I know which ad to choose? How do I make that selection? Well, candidly. It comes back to value proposition. I'm going to select the ad that promises me the most perceived value in exchange for the least amount of perceived costs. So you're going to choose the promise which has the most for the least. And in fact, if it has most, then by definition, it has an only factor. If your ad looks like the other ad, 
If your ad doesn't promise any more than the other ad promises, you're not likely going to see a significant click-through rate. So, what you must do when you think about your ad is ask, how can I have an only factor in this ad? And every time your competitors change their messaging, you have to change yours. That's why a group like ROI Revolution can be instrumental for a group like North American Spine. Because they will have people in there all day long looking at the, at the search results, looking at the, at the various ads, checking the messaging and applying some of the very theories I'm talking about right now to make certain that your ad has the strongest value proposition. And uh, in this case, it paid off uh, heavily for North American Spine. Let me take you to the second. There's only three. And if you haven't been to one of these clinics before, we often... Uh, get through this kind of dense, uh, tight uh, exponition and then get right into live optimization applying what we're talking about. We're going to do that with you soon. So let's just learn a little bit more and then we'll switch and look at examples submitted by the audience. Before I do, give me feedback. Is this helping you? In fact, there's great questions coming in. And some of these we, we may answer on our blog. But are you finding that we're going at the right pace? And is this something that's uh, helping you as you think about your camp? I've seen good feedback. Good, I'm watching. Keep that feedback coming because I calibrate. I'm trying to optimize on the fly and, and, and make this uh, the best presentation that we can possibly give you. So let's look at number two, the quality of the click. Now, that's something we've heard before, but let's, let's break it down and understand it because there's something fascinating here about this particular case study that I think uh, bears uh, closer examination. Look at the click-through rate for each of these treatments. 0.138, 0.069, and 0.56 or 0.056. Wait a second. Think about that again. Wasn't the winning treatment treatment one? Look at it carefully. Treatment two is only 0.56. Treatment one is 0.69. Treatment one outperformed treatment two. And by the way, you marketers that were smug when you realized you picked number two, you had a reason to be proud. But you marketers who picked number one might argue, well, see, we were right. Treatment one got more click-through. It did. But as you can see, if you pay attention up here in the relative difference, that uh, there's more to it. Because, in fact, though treatment one got more clicks, treatment two achieved 46% more leads. Now listen, that's a lot more money in the bank. Let's assume the leads are of good quality. Let's assume that um, or at least the identical quality, and they likely are, very close. Maybe some degradation, because whenever you get more leads, you'll see some degradation. But it's a lot more quality leads. And if, and if sales is working, them in marketing, we all know, right, that sales works every good lead you give them, and that they appreciate and value all that you do, and that there's never tension at any time between sales and marketing. And I am speaking tongue-in-cheek for those of you that are in suffering and pain as I say those words. The reality is, this should be more money for this company. And, and, and it should be more money because they've got a lot more leads. And not only did they get more leads, but they lowered their CPA. Remember, this isn't just about volume, it's about profit. Cost per acquisition is going down. And not only that, but this higher click-through, the whole thing starts to make a big difference uh, in terms of overall results. All right, so let's, let's think about that for just a moment. By the way... If you wonder what's going on, I'll show you. Austin just walked in. 
They don't want to interrupt me while I'm teaching. He held up this little sign that me that says, try not to look at Aaron. Uh, the camera is the audience. I need, an, I need a Ph.D. to do this job. And uh, I'll read that to you. But the thing is, the, the cameras are right here. And Aaron is right there on a stool. And Aaron is a lot prettier than those cameras in that screen. And so I'm talking to her part of the time. On the left is Paul Chini, and you'll notice that I never look at him because he's right over there and he's ugly. Uh, I'm going to give this back. I'm going to give this back, but I'll try to look at the camera. In the meantime, Aaron, quit distracting me. All right. So, so, so let's let's think more about the quality of the clicks. All right. So by modulating, and this is an answer to an important question: How do I improve click quality? How do I get the right people to click in my ad? Well, you can modulate two components: specificity and friction. By modulating specificity and by modulating friction in the messaging of your PPC ad, you're able to pay for less clicks while increasing overall conversion. You'll see a significant increase, not only in, in the revenue piece, but you should see a significant decrease in your CPA or cost per acquisition. So, not this, but this. Think about the two ads. Think how they're different. That second ad is focused on people who are about to have or who are in danger, you might say, of back surgery. Now, we all know that back surgery is, is, is painful, it's difficult, and it produces dubious results. And, and I'll tell you something, I know a little bit about this group, and I know that they don't even want to help you if there's something better you can do on your own. If, if physical therapy will help you, if stretching will help you, if some other solution will help you, there's no sense in even using their procedure or their, as they say here, micro incision. They're very good about that. They're very, they're very honest about that. So they have a very targeted audience. They want that patient that is likely going to need back surgery, but who's willing for, uh, to, to, to do anything to avoid it. And uh, they can offer a solution that produces a remarkable result. And is, of course, the foundation of their business. And it's what informs their value proposition. What we've done here is change this ad so it's getting a select group of prospective customers. But it's also giving the sales group better, more qualified leads. And then uh, it's, uh, well, it just has a, a, a downstream impact on the entire business. So, think about it. It decreases click-through by 59%, but it increases conversion by 47%. Let's look uh, at another example. Here is a credit card offer. Now, this is also from our files. It's a recent research report. And we've uh, obscured the credit card image to give some uh, anonymity to the partner. But look at this first. Free $50 gift card. Now, there's specificity there. There's they're talking about the value of the, you know, there's numbers. But look at, uh, look at the, the improved ad. Free $50 gift card after qualifying transactions. Now it's really clear there's a credit card image here and you've got to be interested in a $50 gift card and a credit card to click on this ad. That's the difference in the language. And that difference translates into a change in results. So the second ad gets a 35% decrease in click-through, but the, the, the increase in conversion is 88%. So what we're doing is we're modulating two components, specificity and friction. 
And by doing that, we can ramp up the qualifying effort that goes on with the lead campaign itself. So, let's think about ways to increase the quality of the click. And we'll do this rapidly. I'm watching my time. I think we're right on schedule. I'm going to just walk over here and look at some of your questions. And there's a lot coming in. And they're good questions. We may pick a few of these that we can try to answer. I'm just going to watch my time. And if we don't answer them for you now, we'll try to answer them for you later. And some of these we may answer in a, in a good blog entry poll. So, looking here at... Uh, the screen again, let's look up. Adding your brand product name is one way to increase the quality of the click. I think we all know that one. Adding cost points. But bear in mind, cost is not just price. Cost could be the amount of time. Cost could be uh, any effort or energy uh, that's required by you in order to avail yourself of the solution. Price is just one way. And, uh, well, look at this. Let's go back. Not this, but this. Not this. Uh, look at the difference from $1.29. We've added a cost point. Not this. Here's adding customer qualifiers. Simplify the way you bank. Find an account to fit your needs. But this. I think this. Let me back up here. <laughs> there we go. Adding customer qualifiers. That's hybrid funds. By the way, in case you wonder just what happened, I have a screen here and I have a screen here. And the screen here was moving and this one wasn't. I don't know why, but I assume that's... Uh, that's uh, over in post-production, and I see that Luke has a gun now that he's waving at me. Uh, all right, so anyway, uh, look, at, look at the screen, and what you can see is that the addition of the word hybrid funds gives us a customer qualifier. So that brings us to the third way to calibrate this uh, paid search ad. And uh, we talked about calibration one, which was the core of the promise, calibration two, which was the quality of the click. But let's look at one more. And uh, you'll notice that we've been looking at this sentence at the top. First, we talked about the promise. Then we talked about the click. And then we're going to talk about, you see that blank? That blank can be filled in with a lot of things. It might be a cell. It might be a lead. But whatever that object is there, we need clarity. Now, listen to me carefully. We have very limited time. And I, 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 I've tried to give you helpful information, but I think this third point is the most important one. I'm not telling you that... Testing the core of the promise, its category isn't good. I'm not saying that you'll want a quality click. I'm just saying that sometimes it's hard to get a quality click. Sometimes it's really hard to discern how to get the core of the promise right. I mean, you, you can look at two and say, I don't know which one will actually produce the highest yield. And until you test, you'll never know. But this third item, clarity, this is the one that we fill out most often. And yet it's the easiest one to correct. So, I only have perhaps five minutes to teach this, but if you'll invest these next five minutes, I'm going to take you kind of deeply into three ways you can improve the clarity of what you're saying in your paid search ad. So, here is the first. Uh, take a look at, the, at this ad. Not this. Short is not always simple. What is this, by the way? Groundbreaking back pain procedure. Is this surgery? Is it an adjustment? Like a chiropractic adjustment? Is it an exercise? What, what are you getting here? And then uh, look at the difference in the winning ad. A one micro incision. Now, I think that one micro incision is specific. It's clear. It conveys the simplicity of the whole approach. And it helps. When you have a value proposition, you don't need to resort to hype. You don't need to worry about some of the magical words that copywriters uh, uh, slave over. 
Because clarity trumps persuasion. Let's look at how to achieve that clarity. Now, I'm going to talk to you about three ways to achieve clarity. And you've probably not heard these from us before. And if you'll follow with these, we'll take that general principle and we'll give you something very specific. Now, you probably don't have time to do this. But if you have your own paid search ad, think about your own paid search ad right now and ask yourself what you can do with that paid search ad in order to improve it. If you can pull one up on your computer screen uh, and, and still follow with us, do it. But as you think about it that way, I think it'll help you see the construction of your sentences. So let me work on uh, the first principle, and that is use commonly understood nouns. Now, look at the negative example. Uh, power dialer. How many know what a power dialer is? Unless that's an important brand that everyone else is familiar with, it's a vague noun that doesn't immediately connect with understanding. Look at the difference in, uh, in the example. Look at the words sales, contacts, how clear those nouns are. We know what you're talking about here, but we're not certain what you're talking about right there. Yes, some are. The target audience might be more so. But the point is not to argue with the technicalities of the two ads. The point is to think about every noun in your ad and ask you, do I need to explain this noun? Or does this noun explain itself? I'm going to say that again. Do I need to explain this noun with modifiers or does this noun explain itself? Anybody here that's got writing experience in terms of a literature background knows that some of your great writers despised adjectives and adverbs. They said, if we can get the right noun, we don't need them. Hemingway was that way. In fact, Hemingway said, make every word tell. Now, I'm stressing that not because I dislike modifiers in writing copy for sales, modifiers are powerful and they're good. But you shouldn't have to use your modifier to clarify a noun. You should use your modifier to intense the appeal, intensify the appeal or the only factor associated with a noun. So let's look at uh, something else. Use precise modifiers. What do we mean? Well, educate a needy child. Needy is not so precise. Let's look at a different example. Uh, quality care to homeless children. Okay, homeless is clearer than needy. You could be needy because you don't have an education. You can be needy because you're homeless. You could be needy because you don't have food. You can be needy in a lot of ways. But the word homeless is more specific. Now, is there a better example? Many. We just pulled these from the net to try and teach you a critical point. But as you think about them, don't get lost on the main point. Don't tell me you're the leading. That's vague. Tell me you're number one if you're number one. And if you're not number one, tell me something else that makes a big difference. Think about that. Then let me continue with, with uh, lots of examples of precise modifiers. We'll see them as we go to the screen in live optimization in just a moment. Let me give you another one. Use point-sensitive sentences. Now, that's a strange combination of words. In fact, I'm using a very precise modifier with that sentence, but it's only precise if you're familiar with um, strunk and wide, if you're familiar with certain uh, grammar guides and style guides. So let me unpack it for you. A point-sensitive sentence is a sentence where you have thought about where you're going to make your main point, on the front or in the end. In most cases, you make the power of the sentence, the main point of the sentence, either in the front or in the end, but almost never in the middle. Uh, let me give you an example. It says here you could save $500 on Florida car insurance, free instant quote. The word free is in the middle of the sentence. And the save $500 is in the middle of the sentence. But notice how in this particular ad, it's a different ad, 
how they use 40 million. The power of this ad is around that 40 million. They're using intangible implied promise like we learned about earlier. But they're packing that into the front aspect, the front part of the phrase. Even the end of that sentence has the word trust. And, uh, and if you think about it, quote now and get a better state, that whole line could be improved. But in general, the punch is at the front. Think about your sentence. Ask yourself, should it be at the front? Should it be at the back? But make certain it's not lost in the middle and be very clear. And think again, where, in fact, when you're asking that question, ask, if I put my main point at the front of the sentence, will it be clear what I'm saying afterwards? Or ask, is the other part of the sentence building up towards something and so I want to hit them in the end with the main point because it makes sense. It's like a climax to the building and development of the thought. So, these three principles. Use commonly understood nouns, use precise modifiers, and use point-sensitive sentences. All of that brings us to this point. Let's just look at what we've learned thus far. Live optimization is coming, and before that I want to tell you about something interesting we're doing. In fact, I'll just hint right now. We, we have an experiment. I, you see me looking over here. Daniel's standing here. and He's going to walk up in just a moment and tell you about something. We're going to do another round of experiments with North American Expine based on your input. And then we're going to report to you all about it. You'll hear more in just a second. But for now, let me just remind you of what we've been focused on for the last few minutes. We've said that you can make small changes and you can get significant results from those changes. We've said that if you take the five main discoveries that we had in the lab based on this last pervasive case study. You can almost translate those discoveries into principles. Number one, you want to try to calibrate the core of the promise. Number two, you want to calibrate the quality of the clicks. And number three, you want to calibrate the clarity of the offer. In doing that, you should be able to see significant results in your own paid search campaigns. I want to thank you for being with us so far and just know that in the next 17 minutes we're going to pack every single moment with first uh, an understanding of this, uh, this experiment that's going to unfold that we hope you'll participate in and then with live optimization. So Daniel, come on up and explain to us what's uh, going to happen next. All right. Thank you very much, Flint. So let's, let me tell you a little bit about this um, live test that we're running. Um, what we wanted to do was get some input from the audience because frankly, as, as much as we've learned, we don't know everything. We're always looking for outside ideas, always looking to test. And so North American Spine, they wanted to do this PPC ad test, not just to learn about how to improve PPC, but also to help them develop their content approach. Okay? Because as Flint was talking about, there's different incremental decisions that the audience is going to make. Not everyone just wants to jump on and buy a pizza, right? <laughs> so if you have spine surgery, some of the tests we've looked at, those people were farther along in the incremental decision-making process. For this test, what we want to take a look at is what content is going to resonate with those people who, for lack of a better word, let's call them tire kickers, right? They're just starting to look for some information about spine surgery. So let's take a look at what we did. Here are the keywords on the left you'll see, the condition keywords that we're targeting. Um, and on the right, you'll see the way we abbreviated those keywords. And then we went to the Marketing Experiments blog audience, and we said to you, how will you uh, give us some ideas for some PPC ad tests to, to target some of these keywords, okay? And so we set up four hypothesized searcher profiles. Let me show you those profiles, right? This first one is a searcher that's just come across this condition and wants more information about it. So when you look at the... Uh, treatment for that PPC ad, I want you to focus on the line right under the headline. That's the only line that's going to change. We only want one variable in this test, okay? And for this one, it's learn about the causes and solutions. So you can see how that clearly ties into the hypothesis we have for this searcher. 
And by the way, at this point, I do want to thank Amy Harold of GDNash.com, who uh, she was the one that submitted this template on the Marketing Experiments blog. So that's the first hypothesized searcher profile. Pay close attention because in a few minutes, we're going to have a poll and we want to ask your opinion on which ad you think will win. We're going to run the test and then we're going to let you know what we learned. So let's take a look at the second hypothesized searcher profile. This searcher is experiencing back pain symptoms and is simply looking online. They're asking around for an answer, and you can see how we targeted them, how to recognize the symptoms. That was the focus of this next PPC ad. For the next treatment, as a searcher that wants more information, right? And so we focus on free access to back pain resources. If you want information, we have that information. And again, this will tie into the overall content strategy that North American Spine is developing once they learn from their customers what their customers are looking for. And the last hypothesized searcher profile, you're looking for possible treatments. And obviously, compare available treatments ties in very nicely. So what we want to do now, you can see all these side by side. We're going to launch the poll. If you can launch that, please, Luke. We're going to ask you which treatment will achieve the highest click-through rate. While we're waiting for those poll results, I want to talk about something very important, why we've presented this to the marketing experiments audience, okay? So when you see us here in Mech Labs, we produce some impressive test results that Flint's showing you now. You might not know this, but Flint didn't come up with them all by himself, <laughs> despite what he says. And we take a very collaborative approach here. So from my past experience in marketing and advertising, I'm sure many on the clinic have seen this as well. You know, there's usually that, that lone star performer, right? There's that copywriter, that account executive, that art director, just blows everything out of the water. Everyone turns to him, and all that knowledge is inside his head. Well, we work a little differently here, and that's the benefit of testing and optimization. Absolutely. So, for example, we have the peer review session here yes. where everyone from the most junior analyst to the most senior analyst has input on all of our tests. Um, I think, Flint, they even let you suggest a test or two from here. Now and then. Most of the time, they don't even let me into the peer review <laughs> session. But, that, but that's, that's how we come up with these tests, and so that's why we turn to the marketing experiments audience who want to cast as wide a net as possible to collaborate and to find the best solution for this customer. And what that means for you is, don't just look to that lone copywriter. Look, look to sales. Look to those people in sales. They might know something. Look to customer service. Technology. Look to product development. Technology has ideas. People never realize that the technology team, sometimes they're living it every day, and when you start making them part of the optimization process, instead of being an obstacle, they, become, they start becoming an enabler of the, whole, of the whole thing. And they might actually push your treatments a lot. <laughs> if you ask them an opinion, they have some skin in the game. So, All right, let's close that poll and take a look at some of the results. Let's see. Oh, Treatment two is the clear winner. Treatment two, we'll call this the Mitt Romney of the uh, <laughs> campaign here. So this is what our audience is telling us, that free access means free. We, we know that's a very powerful word, Flint, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, that's... that's absolutely. What, what do you think of the treatments? You, you want to take a, a guess on here? Treatment one, no, I need to read them carefully, and then if I commit in public and make a mistake, my reputation will be horrible. No, listen, let me say something about that. One of the things we say here is if you're right all the time, you're not testing. You're not really testing. A real test involves trying to seek for information you don't understand. The goal is not to get a lift, it's to get a learning. It's not a gunfight between uh, marketers to see which one is the fastest draw. It's more about designing something that will help you all learn. When I look at the first one, control, learn about the causes and solutions from the experts in spine and health, it feels uh, clinical, academic, and of some value. When I look at the second one, how to recognize, uh, no, I need to see them. You're moving the screen on me before I hypothesize. How to recognize the symptoms from the experts in spine health. Hmm. Compare available treatments from the experts in spine health and free access to back pain resources. Well. By the way, the only thing that's changing is the second line under the headline. The second line under the headline. Interesting. 
Which is, it, when you say the, sex, the second line, there's, there, there's bigger differences than that, Paul. Yeah. And, uh, but, but it's in that section. Okay. I'll tell you what. Uh, one of the things we say when you design a treatment, and this is critical, don't design a treatment where you can see immediately what the winner is, but design a treatment where you get two or three treatments in a zone where any one of the three can win, and then you know you're getting a real test design. I would say that people who are early in the process would more likely choose treatment one, but I would say people who are looking to make some sort of uh, decision might prefer treatment three. Treatment two is for those who are interested in back pain resources, and yes, it has the word free access, and it might be somebody early in the process just gathering data, but uh, I think you're going to see that treatment two and treatment three uh, are probably neck and neck, and we might be surprised about the winner. Oh. And I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know if you'd asked. Well, thanks for letting me put you on the spot there, Flint. Most I, of the audience got to... put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> he did I like the look on his face. Most of the audience had to <laughs> reply anonymously, but if you want to also in the audience, you know... Get out there and, and claim a winner. You know, go on hashtag WebClinic on Twitter. You can go on hashtag WebClinic on Twitter. You can tell the world, I think this one's going to win. And we'll let you know on the blog. We'll let you know on future WebClinics what we learn about this test. So Excellent. Thanks a lot, Flynn. We're going to shift fast into live optimization because we want to get you as many of these principles transferable as we can. I want to point out again that our partner in this has been ROI Revolution along with North American Spine, and I'm grateful for all they're doing. They'll be helping us as we run these tests, and uh, they'll be working with us uh, as we try to help you learn all that we can about how to get better results. Keep that in mind. Let's go forward. I'm looking at live optimization, and here is the first one. Audience, I'm going to need you. I need you all nine minutes left. Speak to me. Treadmill Superstore. Here's your keywords. Treadmill. Buy treadmills and treadmills online. How would you make this ad better? And Aaron, I'm probably going to call you up here if you have some thoughts on this ad in just a moment. Just come on up beside me. As Aaron is coming up, I'm looking at your input. Um, interesting, Michael, your comment. I'm reading Michael Grubb's comment about back pain problems. Resources aren't much help. <laughs> That's an interesting point. That's why the comparison ad is, is interesting to me. It says, uh, call to action in the title. It says it's a bad headline. It says fix the URL. It says include brand names. All right. Uh, Aaron, what are your quick thoughts on this one? I think overall this ad lacks a little bit of specificity, yes. um, especially with huge selection of treadmill, treadmills. What exactly is a huge selection? Are yes. we talking hundreds of treadmills, thousands, how many different brands? Yes. I think we could definitely have an improvement there. Okay. All right. Makes sense to me. Um, I think when you look at this treadmill superstore, superstore is a keyword. We found that store often will produce a yield. Uh, I don't know if the headline could be better, but the word superstore sometimes helps because it helps you think you've got quite a selection. Huge, back to specificity, is just not a precise modifier. And I wouldn't start with, hey, how can we say what we're saying better? I would start with a different question. Are we saying the right thing at all? I don't care about free delivery yet, and I don't care about 90-day free returns yet. In the purchase sequence... I don't worry about that until I start to think that this might be where I want to buy or what I want to buy. It's premature in the thought process. Back to Aaron, back to my conversation earlier about the headline, the pickup line, and the bar. Maybe I see Aaron in the bar and I don't, I don't walk up to her and kiss her on the lips because I have a little more sense than that. But it's also not the right time to walk up to her, show her a picture of my house with three bedrooms in it and say, listen, I'm planning on having two children. What about you? <laughs> It's, it doesn't matter how many children I'm planning to have right now. She doesn't even know that she wants to have a minute's conversation with me and you're already talking about something too soon in the sequence of micro yeses. I think that's going on here. 
Now, the only way I would know if this is the right or the wrong ad is to compare it to all the ads around it. But I would first of all ask, is this the right message at all? Back to the core of your promise. Then I would start optimizing with specificity and key components. So think about that. Let's move on. I'm going to the landing page for this ad and I'd love to get... I'm looking at my time. Audience, tell me. You want to look at the landing page or you want to go to another ad? Tell me fast. I'm looking at your feedback under the Q&A or Twitter. Landing page or new ad? I'm watching. Ad, 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 ad. Landing page, landing page. <laughs> Somebody says that's a horrible landing page. All right. Let's go to the ad. By the way, it is a horrible landing page, but you will get a 30-second optimization uh, on, the, on the landing page. First of all, it has no key headline. It doesn't engage you in conversation. doesn't express the value proposition. has no iPad. uses video at the top instead of text to draw you into a conversation. It is uh, not the kind of page you optimize. It's the kind of page that you destroy and start over. We can help you with that if you decide to make changes and you've submitted your ad. Send them to us and we'll give you some feedback on it. Let's move on. And uh, I'm going to go to the next submission. Culver City Symphony. This was submitted by John. Audience, how would you make this ad better? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Uh, I'm past the landing page. I'm watching for your feedback. More specific, more specific. Wow. That's harsh, P. P. Beebe says, worst ad ever. And then underneath it, Stephen says, blow it up. Now, John, if you're hearing this harsh comments, uh, please for... Forgive our audience. They're frustrated marketers who've probably been hurried all day with deadlines. They're missing their budgets. They're underperforming. Their KPIs are off. And they're just mad at the world in general. But they're right. It's a really bad ad. Uh, I like the Since 1963. Let me turn it over to Aaron. Aaron, tell me what your thoughts are. There's really no promise in this ad whatsoever. You're saying we're committed to music. But what does that mean to the visitor? Uh, it's, it's like an institutional paid search ad. And I don't, uh, I don't put a lot of stock in institutional paid search ads. I think you're right, Aaron. I think the first question is, are we trying to get a click? And if we're trying to get a click, where are they at? Listen to me. Where are they at in the thought sequence at the point? When they get to this ad, what are they already thinking about? What's in their mind? And then how can I move them to the next micro yes with a single sort of promise that's clear and concise? And I don't know if that is the fact that... In fact, I can't know that until you tell me what you want them to do on the landing page. So here's the landing page, and it looks to me like you want them to attend concerts. That's what I would guess, too. And if this brand is a well-known brand and people are looking to find concerts, then use the ad to tell me that there is a, uh, 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 a list of all available concerts and easy access. You know, Say that in a way. Get them here where they can register. If this is something beyond that. It's a symphony, so you may not be price sensitive. If it's a price sensitive audience, then you may say that you know you can buy a season's pass or and, and get a major discount on tickets if they order now. I don't know what the motivator is yet till I know what you want them to do. But I can tell you, and I say this uh, graciously, John, we can help you a lot on this. Redesign this ad, send it to us, and we'll give you feedback. The audience said a lot of good points. We'll review their feedback and, if possible, share some of the best of it with you. Let's go on because we have four minutes left. That's time enough to, uh, well, I don't know. We can't change the world, but we can change one page search ad. So here's an ad. Need workers comp advice. Be careful about questions and headlines. Audience, I want your input because it's been pretty good. Tell me what you think about this ad. Why you are talking 
because of our time, I'm going to turn to Aaron. Aaron, tell us what you see. I think you make a great point with the question. And not only do they have a question in the headline, they follow up with a question in the first description. Yes. I think they're asking a lot and not giving enough to the visitors. Again, not making any promises. Would you like a job as an analyst? <laughs> that's good feedback. That's, uh, that's exactly right. It's all questions and no information. And uh, get the legal help you need now is, uh, is very weak. So this was submitted by Will. Will and John from the last. Don't think of this as discouraging. Think of what it means if you get these ads right. They should reduce your CPA, increase your response, and this is just uh, money waiting to fall into your bank account. Let me just make some quick comments. The audience has said over here, this is uh, Vanita. Is the advice free? Good question. Different keywords, says Olin. The call to action, says Dave. Work-related injury help, someone says. Is this about a work-related injury? People are giving me uh, questions. They're not even clear on what the ad's promising. Offer free consultation, said John. And it's, by the way, it's John Eastwood. And with a last name like that, you should take this advice really seriously. <laughs> um, <laughs> take a look. Uh, we have about two minutes left. Let me tell you what I do with this ad, and then we're going to go to this landing page. The landing page should be talked about because it connects closely to the ad. When you look at the landing page... We want to see them, it looks like click the call or somehow get in touch with us so that we can generate a lead. That's what it feels like to me. The page is as bad as the ad, though. Um, the click to call will probably get some clicks because people are going to try to get clarity and they can't get it on the page. We're relying on the video to do the talking, and that's not good. There is no headline. We're not clear. You have, you have four inches, seven seconds to answer three questions. Where am I at? What can I do here? And why should I do it? And the top of your page is wasting four inches just with a big picture. That same amount of information could be conveyed with much less space. You could get them into a headline, get them into information, tie the headline back to the ad. Tell me why. Now, think about this, uh, Will. Why would I click on this ad? Why would I come to this attorney? Why would I come here, click here, rather than any other opportunity or ad that I see in the uh, search engine? That's the answer. And to answer that question, you need to look at the surrounding pieces. You need, to, you need to think about the other ads. You need to say to yourself, all right, so um, what can I promise? The other ads are not promising. If they're not emphasizing the qualities or the qualifications of the attorney, the years of experience, maybe that will work for us. If they're emphasizing that, but they're assuming that you're going to go right to hiring an attorney, maybe I can give them an interim offer. Um, or maybe I need something as a negative as opposed to a positive component to motivate them with fear. The wrong attorney can cost you money and push that piece. But think about all of those key elements as you redesign this ad and we will look at it with you and do our very best to help. All right, so if you have been on these clinics before, you'll know that most of the time we do them in this audio format, but we don't have video. If uh, you're watching uh, or you saw the last clinic, you'll be able to see this live clinic from our studio on video uh, teaching. You'll notice, uh, you'll know who I am. I'm the guy with thick, luxurious Fabio hair. And, um, and uh, uh, <laughs> not, but anyway, uh, you'll get a chance to see us in action trying to deliver one of these clinics in a way that will help you. And uh, we're grateful for your trust. We're going to keep doing this, keep sharing our results with you. And all we ask that you do is tell a friend. Thank you again. Before you go, you're going to get a survey. That's great. And if you're interested in help, interested in research partnership, that's good. You can do that. But use this Q&A and tell me if you found this helpful. I want this instant feedback. Tell me if this whole approach was good for you, if you learned a lot today, if you want more like this. I value all of your insights. We read every one of them. 
Thank you, and uh, we'll be back soon with more research. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Lynn. All right. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments live web clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of Internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Thank you.